Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We are going into a new semester, and this semester is going to be rich. We got through the series of all the parables. We do series only between semesters. So if you want to know how we do things here, we follow the university and the, and the college, and we follow the high school scheduling and what we do. We do things as an education center. We don't want you to come get an emotional fix and just leave here without being discipled or challenged or changed. We want the emotion as well. We want the power of God to be displayed, but we want you to grow and develop and feel like now I've got something to take home with me and I can apply during the week. So there's a devotion after every one of these weeks. You can follow through, if you will, take time this week to read through the introduction of the armor of God. We're going to be dealing with this semester on warfare and warriors. Warfare and warriors. The reason why we are doing this systematically, we are intentional and helping you find your identity. We went through and talked about the priesthood and the tabernacle. Because you're called, how many of you know we are called to be priest? We are a royal priesthood. Say, I'm a royal priest. Then God's also given us permission to reign as kings. If you don't understand it, go back to YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. We're nearly 1,000 subscribers. Let's break that. Let's go past 1,000 and let's just break that because then YouTube starts paying us. They need to pay their tithes. Just kidding. There is a lot online. Download our app. You can listen to the podcast. Go back. You're a king. You're a warrior as well. David was king, priest, warrior, and son. This is who you are by identity. We're going to go through and talk about this. Let's go ahead and read the first insert here with the belt of truth. The Apostle Paul tells us to use every piece of God's armor to resist the devil's attacks. To stand true to God in the midst of those attacks. The belt of truth is an important piece of the arsenal of the armor of God. In warfare, it was the belt that held a lot of the armor and the rest of the armor together. So it is in a familiar way with the armor of God, the enemy fights with lies. And sometimes his lies sound like truth. This is why as believers we need to have an understanding of God's truth, which can defeat the devil's lies. When you have a proper understanding of the truth, then no lie can overcome you. We're going to talk about that today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And I'm only going to read half of this for the sake of time. And you can sit down and cool off. You ready? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. By the way, let me tell you this. I knew my wife loved me when she first met me because I had a car with no air conditioning, and she stuck with me, and now she drives a Lexus, so, you know, it's all good. I'm just telling you, hold on tight because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. That Lexus was given to her, by the way. How many of you know that God is good? I don't know why I said all of that. Maybe somebody needs to have faith in God providing you with a vehicle, but God will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory, according to what God's purpose is for your life. 
We need to learn how to war. We need to learn and understand what it means to stand on the truth and stand with truth and have truth in us. So the, the Apostle Paul writes in the Ephesians to the Ephesian church, Ephesus, in the church of Ephesus, chapter 6, verse 10. He said, finally, my brethren, this is out of the New King James, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Put it on that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, you're, you're part of this world, but you're not of the world. You know that, right? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. I want you to recognize, if you will, that he just went through a hierarchy of ranking. He went through different dimensions and different rankings of hell's soldiers. If you understand that hell is organized, then you'll start to get your relationship with God a priority and let him organize it as well. Let me repeat that. The reason why the church falls behind during the cultural growth of this nation and we get swallowed up in it is because hell is more organized than the church. But when the church understands its ranking and hierarchy and you learn to flow in the government of God, then there is absolutely no weapon formed against us that can prosper. So he begins to go on further and he says this, therefore take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day having done all to stand stand therefore having girded your waist with truth having girded your waist with truth and i'm going to stop right there that is a representation of the belt of truth is what most scholars relate to other translations say it differently but notice he said having stand therefore having girded your waist with truth girded. In other translations, it says your loins, which refer to the reproductive system of a man. We're going to explain all of this, and I'm going to give you an example because this was actually used in reference to a Roman soldier. The Apostle Paul, by birth, was Roman. And so he understood the concept of warfare and the equipment that the soldiers would wear. So we're going to learn some great things today. So will you just pray one more time with me and say, Lord Jesus, open my mind, open my heart, speak to us today. Let the anointing come in Jesus' name. Amen. If you love him and honor him, would you just give him an ovation one more time and say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. As you're seated, God bless you. Whether you know it or not, you're in a battle, you're part of a war, and you just have to determine which side you're going to be on. It, it's whether you like it or not. I want to show you examples and just give you reference really quickly how Jesus actually began to reference these armies within the Scripture. When the Lord was actually coming, when he was trying, when they tried to apprehend Jesus, he said to the apostle Peter, Listen, if I wanted to, I can cough to get some help from heaven. You see, the apostle Peter, he took a sword as they came to apprehend Jesus in the garden. 
And he took that sword and cut off the servant to the high priest. To the priest. And Jesus graciously put that ear back. And he looked at Peter and he said, you know, those that live by the sword will die by the sword. And he said, don't you know that if I wanted to, I could ask, I could ask my father for 12 legions of angels. And he would send them to me now. Now, I want you to recognize that he used a military phrase. He used a military phrase of legions, which Roman soldiers used to identify the company of numbers of legend, they call legendaries that they had. Legions. If you're part of a legion, you were a legendary. And so now, when you look at the word legion, it represented anywhere from eight to 10,000 soldiers. And those were broken up to different companies of different organizations of centurions, of different generals, which a centurion would have at least 80 to 100 soldiers with them. It was all broken up, compartmental. Um, it was put into the proper structure and the alignment of every leader. And so there, there was a structure. Now, if you think hell is organized, let me tell you where hell got its organization from. You got to remember that the devil fell from heaven to earth. He was stripped of his anointing. He was stripped of his position, but he never lost his insight to organization. So when he comes into the earth, this is why we have dealings with principalities, spirits of darkness, familiar spirits. You'll find them all throughout the scripture in different rankings. Little imps is what you've called them with church jargon, little devils. There are some little demons that you just got to say go, and they go. But there are others that when you say go, they're going to say no. And this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. So, you know, there's a different devil for every level. But when Jesus began to reference the kingdom of God, he said, I've got an army. And I can call it for 12. And then... When Jesus walks on the seashore of the Gadarenes, he walks there, and there was a man that came to him. Notice Jesus didn't say, come. He didn't say nothing. He made his presence known, and the demon world began to reverence and recognize his authority. This man was filled with demons. And when Jesus said to him, what is your name, speaking to the demon, he said, we are legions. Again, a spiritual reference to a physical organization of armies. Legions meaning many legions. Thousands of demon soldiers that were inside and abiding with this man's spirit, soul, and body. In my mind, this man was a hornet's nest in that region because God needs a body just like he needs his body, and God moves through his body. That's why we pray. That's why we serve him. We are the arms and the legs of God. How many of you know that? We're the body of Christ, of course. Christ meaning the anointing, the spirit. But the devil needs people too. This guy was a hornet's nest. 
I believe, this is just my opinion, but understanding what I know now in the spirit realm and knowing the, what the scripture teaches, I really do believe that the spirits were using this guy as a network for that region. I really do believe that this guy, whatever it was that he opened his life to, became, he became infested with these demons that were running this region. And so it is amazing that when Jesus steps on the scene, that he just had to just say go. And legions obeyed him, went into the pigs, and the pigs didn't want them, so they went into the water and they drowned. What am I trying to say? The authority that Christ has in this world and also the world to come and also in heaven and in earth and every level is greater than any authority that this world has to offer. All power in heaven and earth has been given unto Jesus. All power. He had conquered every level of spirituality. While he lived in this world, he proved the kingdom of God was greater. He proved that after his death, that he would go down to the corridors of hell as it was in the life of Jonah who went down to the earth for seven, for three days and three nights and then resurrected himself. Spoke his resurrection, spoke his coming back to life. No one had ever done it. No one had ever seen it. He was the only one. The first fruits of the resurrection was in Jesus Christ. But it was his words that carried authority that brought it to pass. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ. So when we begin to look at this and the apostle Paul who had a history of the Roman government and politics and soldiers being a Roman himself. We get a little insight to what he was talking about. The typical Roman soldier wore this belt. This belt wasn't just something to hold their waist together. It had a number of functions. But there's a revelation in this. He called it the belt of truth. The truth of God. And you got to ask yourself a question to get understanding what is it? What's entailed with it? Let's look at the belt. Let me show you a picture of this. This is a, just a replica of what they wore. But if you notice on this belt, which was a representation of a Roman soldier's belt, do you see the straps in the front? Do you see how they have metal? Many of that was linked and tied together. The real ones actually had steel to protect it they're a little bit weighty and they went further down they would cover the front part of the soldier and the reason for that just to kind of give you the edited version the short version of it is so later on after the war they can have more baby soldiers <laughs> you understand i don't have to go any further it was for their protection this is why this is why the scripture says gird up your loins with truth it was the loins or the reproductive area of a man that caused him to reproduce that was protected. That's why they had this. And so you have to realize that truth is the actual 
abiding presence of God in your mental capacity or the area that reproduces thoughts. And the one thing that God wanted us to reproduce was the image of his son. To become in his image. It is a fact. Whatever you think about night and day, you become. You'll follow. You're pursued. You'll pursue after it. It's an image that sometimes we can call a stronghold. But when Jesus becomes your stronghold and your high and exceeding tower, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Your mind is fixed. You have your purpose. You have your reason. With this belt, these soldiers wouldn't just wear it in war. They would actually wear it in the community. Historians tell us that they would go into the community, walk in within the region, and people would recognize as they wore their garments, they'd have this belt, and they would identify themselves as a soldier or a representative of the government. That's what it was. It gave identity. It also gave them somewhat of a chance to display their ranking because like any good cowboy or bull rider that has a buckle, they show off their prizes, their accomplishments on the buckle. How many of you know, how many bull riders do we have here? You understand what I'm saying, right? We're Texas. We understand that kind of language. So we've seen it here. I've seen it at rodeos. These soldiers would display their accomplishments what part of the infantry they were a part of, and they would display it there, which gave the insight to the people of their ranking. Then they would have a place on that belt to hold the dagger and the sword. These two were meant for proximity. The dagger was meant for closer proximity. The sword was meant for a distant proximity. In other words... The revelation of what that belt represented was it would give you the ability to have the sword of the spirit to defeat devils in your personal life as well in the lives of other people or enemies that come to you. How many of you know that the word of God and the truth of God is there for your personal life and for the lives of your loved ones around you? But the word of the word of the Lord, the word of God coming out of you fresh a fresh anointed word, a word from God, not just a repeated process of saying the scripture over and over, but when the scripture has become one with you and the spirit inside of you uses it, that is the word of the Lord, a fresh rhema from God. That belt brought the ability to have the word of God to display and available to you at any time or any day. It gives you, it gave them identity. It was a place where they held their money bags as well. This belt, everyone say the belt. We're talking about the belt, what it represented and what it had. The soldiers, it doesn't say it in the scripture, but history tells us that they also held the money bag of what they did business with. So you had the dagger, you had the sword, the money bag. And the identity of who you were. That was, it had its perks with that. I mean, who doesn't want to be good to authority or know where the influence is at? I mean, listen, we honor, and we honor, we honor all of our officers, military, those that have served in military, firefighters, first responders. We honor all of them. 
We recognize them. We serve them in our community. And I'll tell you, when one comes around here, and there are a number of you that actually serve in those first responder services, and those, that, that it's an act of servanthood. When you come around, we honor you. Reflect, because you reflect a bigger responsibility. But here's the bottom line. With that comes rewards and honor. But in those days, when you wore them and you were out of line, any authority figure that was around you would strip you of your ranking and take the belt in public. So it was good to be seen as one, but it wasn't good if you did wrong because people knew who you were. Everyone say identity. You have to associate the belt with identity. It let everyone know who's who. Now that we begin to look at the scripture and it refers to it as truth, our first objective is we have to find out, number one, what is truth? What is truth? I want to show you something here in John chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. This is John's dictation of the last moments of Jesus' life as a human being on this earth. Forty days and forty nights he was with them, and then he ascended up on high. And every one of the gospel writers gives their own perspective. John writes it like this, that Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. If you believed in God, the God of the Old Testament, the God that we worship through the tabernacle, the God that was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, if you believed in all, in all the things that were written, he said, believe also in me. Believe in me. Have faith in me. In my father's house are many mansions. I'm going to help you. If you want to write this down, it'd be a good place to write this down so you can go home and look this up. Many people have taken the word mansions here and referred it to the country club, which tells me nobody's reading their Bibles and studying it. The translators that translated it from the Greek to the English translation, it's the same word that they use for abode, but instead of abode, they put mansions. It's the same word, the Greek word, that means abiding place. House representing family. In my father's family are many abiding places. That's how the scripture should be read. But because of what Jesus is talking about, him going to prepare a place for him, we think Jesus ascended up on high with the hammer and nails. What he was saying was, I have to go to my father because if I don't, you cannot have the Holy Spirit in your life. He has to send it back. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Watch this. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. According to the New Testament, we have been seated with him in heavenly places. According to the Bible, if you have the spirit of Christ, you have a place with him. He has a place with you. Jesus spoke like this when he was on the earth. Jesus even said, 
He said that I'm here now, but I'm with my father now in heaven. They didn't understand it. He was speaking of his spiritual experience. He was speaking of his relation to the heavens. He was spirit. Did you know that you are a spirit within a human capsule and that capsule is made out of mud, dirt? But who you are on the inside, that's who you really are spiritually. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you to myself. So where I am, there you will be also. That where I am, there you'll be also. And let us know, I believe we're going to heaven one day. I believe the Lord's coming back. All of that. But the kingdom of God has already been sent by the spirit of Christ within our lives. And we have something that we have benefit of now while living on this earth. And it's called having authority in Christ Jesus. And you are part of the abiding place of God's family. Because this makes sense now, because now we have been teaching for years that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we are the temple, that means that God needed a place to put his spirit because God didn't want to be put in an ark or in the box. He wanted to live in you. So when I look around and I say, and I say, you know, this is God's family and my father's family are many abiding places where the spirit of God dwells. He was telling the disciples, and he said, but listen, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my spirit in you, but I got to go. I can't stay here with you because if I don't go, God can't send what I have inside of me to all of you. And I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. And where I am, you're going to be there also. In other words, the authority that I've got, I'm going to put the authority inside of you. And you're going to dwell with me. And I'm, you're going to reign with me. And you're going to be seated with me in heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, dominion, and might. In other words, I'm going to give you authority. Have I lost anybody? Okay, if I lost you, come and find me after church. I'll help you find your way again telling you take notes take notes where i go you know the way thomas said lord we do not know where you're going how can we know the way watch this now jesus said to him i am the way repeat this after me the and the life he's the what truth he's the truth Truth is not a thing. Truth is a person. Now you're talking about the belt of truth. That truth, truth referring to a lot of us would think, oh, it's referring to the epistles. They weren't written yet. They were just being written. The truth was the revelation of who Jesus Christ was, the Messiah. Paul said, I say to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And the church will be built upon what? The revelation of who Jesus was. 
Everything that you look at in the scripture is built upon Jesus. Even the tabernacle was the foreshadow of Christ, the ultimate sacrifice to come. Without the shedding of blood or the blood of Christ, there would be no remission of sin. But God sent the ultimate sacrifice into the world to become our cornerstone, the very foundation of our faith, that we can build upon it a church where he can inhabit it. And listen, let me tell you something. If in the scripture you read it right it says that we are the temple of the Spirit of God, the temple of God, according to Corinthians and Paul's writings. Paul was, he was known for revelation, understanding in so much that God put a thorn in his flesh and allowed it to be there because of the abundance of revelation that he had. But he was a Pharisee in knowledge. He knew the Old Testament. This is why he gave such revelation. And that temple that Solomon built was a type of New Testament temple for the Holy Spirit. I'm getting off track, but somebody needs to be educated here for a moment. Because it's all in my spirit. Let me tell you something. Remember the story Jesus gave of the house that was built on sand and the one that was built on a rock? What was the old tabernacle built on? What was the New Testament built on? wasn't talking about somebody else's house he was talking about his you know what he was talking about Israel they tried to build him a house that first one didn't last that's why they couldn't stand the the armies the fights the wars they kept losing it God said not this time I'm gonna put it inside of them and I'm gonna give them authority and they're gonna have a different identity and I'm gonna cause them to be triumphant and I'm going to give them the ability to face every spirit that tries to come against them. This is why point number two and the last point is a relationship with Jesus holds everything together. Just like the belt of truth holds everything together. It keeps the spirit of God and the word of the Lord intact. It allows you to walk in favor and provision. How many of you know because of Jesus, because of what he has done, because he became the provision of, of the, the ultimate sacrifice, we have favor in our life and we are a citizen of a different economy. I told the first church this morning, I told 830, I said, hey, listen, I'm not scared of a cashless society. I've been a part of one ever since I became saved. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. It don't scare me. Let them do what they want to do. I don't follow that junk and I don't live by fear. But I know a God who can give money out of a fish's mouth. I know a God who can multiply a lunchable. I know a God who can walk on water. I understand the authority that he has. There is no devil too big. There's no problem too wide. There's no valley too dark. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, but it is my responsibility to walk in my identity and my authority. And he has equipped me. So, you know, when you got saved and you were born again, do you realize you became a citizen of God's kingdom? And did you realize you were enlisted before you ever thought about it? So, I don't, 
You're going to have to decide. We all have to decide. What side do you want to be on? And make up your mind. I mean, what flag and banner are you going to follow? You got to, you understand what I'm saying? You got to determine within your mind that you're going to lift up the banner, the Lamb of God that was raised up for you and I to give salute to and honor and reverence. That's my banner and my standard. The standard in the Roman armies used to be an eagle, and they used to worship that symbol of an eagle. But in our life, it was the old rugged cross. He became sin. Who knew no sin, he became sin. That's why he formed that serpent in the wilderness. When they sinned, they looked on the serpent, and because it was representation of sin, Jesus became sin that we may live. And as long as we keep our eyes on him through a relationship with him, he keeps everything together. When you and I understand Jesus wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a man. Our society has made him a fictional historical figure. He's not. He's not. Religion has made him just a prophet like Muhammad and anyone else. The prosperity preachers have made him a sugar daddy. Too much? Legalism has made him a taskmaster. But if you know anything about the kingdom, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the savior of my life. He is the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. And when I took on the identity and I understood who he was, I embraced truth or I embraced Jesus. You see, the written word is the expression of an invisible authority figure who has a name. He is a king. If I were to explain the Bible to you, I can give you a lot of analogies, but I would actually stick to the concept of the kingdom. The Bible is the constitution of a king, and the king and his words in the constitution is an expression of his values, his desires, his law for the citizens, and the life they should abide by in order for them to stay under the good grace of his covering but the written word is an expression of the actual word what does the bible say according to john again we're in john today more than we are ephesians in the beginning was the what the word was with god the word was god verse 14 down and the word became what and he dwelt among us Full of grace and truth. Jesus was the word become flesh. But you see, the word of God was meant to be experienced. You have to feel what you know in order to know it. A relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the only way you can have one. If you want to have access to the eternal spirit... It is only through Jesus Christ. I'm not going to get off into theology and other views. 
of what these other religions do. But I will say this, whether it's controversial or not, I will tell you God deals with every single human being about growing closer to him. Some are way off, but if they're truly hungry for God and they're seeking God and praying to God, he will lead them ultimately to Jesus Christ. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus, is what the scripture says. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So everything hinges on the revelation of who Jesus was. And if you look closer in the scripture, that was the argument. That was the argument for the day. The argument for the day was that Jesus was the Messiah or he wasn't the Messiah. Who was Jesus? So Jesus checked his disciples and he said to them, who do men say that I am? Peter said, uh, uh, some say you're the prophet. Come back to life. Jeremiah, Elisha. Well, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Because, listen, I'm going to send you out into the world as an apostle, but I have to, you have to know who I am in order for you to have a rank. Remember, Peter enlisted. Then he went AWOL. Then God brought him back after his prison time. The apostle Paul was drafted. But both were called to be apostles. But they didn't get to their ranking overnight. It took years of a relationship and having identity, knowing who they were. But the good shepherd is what we have to understand is who he is because he gave his life for us. When we understand this, then we have access. Watch this. John 10, 7. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door. I'm the door. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. All that ever came before me. If you ever wondered why there are people that are taking biblical principles and using them to prosper in their life, they're going around Jesus to get what they feel like is just the, the, the nature of God in operation in this world, becoming gods to themselves. Don't get jealous. Don't feel like, oh, my God, why is God blessing them and not blessing me? How do you know it's God blessing them? Listen, I'm going to share something with you. You ready? This is just par for the course, but here it is. Abraham had two sons, Isaac, Ishmael. They were both blessed because they had the same father. But there was only one that had the covenant because he had the right mother. If you've been here for any amount of time, you know that you were given birth to the womb of the church, the bride of Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, the blood was applied in your life. God has a covenant with those that were born and had the right mother. You have the right mother. You want to know more about that? Go to our podcast. Stick around. You'll learn. Because once you get this and the revelation of who you are, why we exist, it will change your world. You will begin to walk in a different authority and walk in a boldness and walk in a love 
and walk in revelation, understanding. And your day, I'm going to tell you why. Because as you get this revelation and you embrace your mind, you embrace yourself with this, you will begin to be identified as one of them. Hell knows who you are. And I promise you, if the devil knows you, heaven knows you. You see, that's an indication. If I see hell fighting me, then I know heaven knows me. So those of you that are going through hell right now and going through trouble and got trials, rejoice because heaven knows your name. You want to know what I'm talking about? Okay, here's what I'm talking about. The sons of Sceva, they tried to go do exorcisms. They had no authority. They tried to act like Paul. They referenced Paul, and they referenced Jesus, whom Paul preaches. But the devil said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? Paul and Jesus, they knew and were known in the heavens, and those devils knew who they were. Listen, Jesus, again, walked on the seashore of the Gadarenes. He didn't have to give an introduction. There were no banners. There was no band preceding them. There was no parade. The devils came and said, oh, Lord, what are, we, what, are we, what are you doing? What are you doing here so soon? I'm telling you, if you're going through it right now, you need to rejoice and keep pressing in because you're almost to that point, the breaking point. Stay strong. Stand strong. Know your authority. Grab your identity and begin to follow after God. I am the door. If any enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Any other way. It ain't the real deal. David said, I saw the prosperity of the wicked and almost fell. But he said, then I went to the house of the Lord and saw the end thereof. Then I understood. In other words, he was saying, when I went to the house of the Lord, where judgment begins and ends, I understood that when I fall, God picks me up. When the wicked fall, no one's there for them. Because my dependency isn't in my own name. My dependency isn't in my own titles. My dependency is not in my own rank, in my community. My dependency is in my identity in Christ. It's my authority I have in him. It's in who I am as a rank officer. You can grow in rank. And those little demons that keep messing with your kids, after a while, when you walk in and show up, they see the bell. Like you saw your mama's chancla. Am I telling the truth? How many of your dads ever did this? No, not one time. Shotguns, boy. It was like, everybody, tighten up. Tighten up. Daddy's home. That's how the devil feels when you walk in your authority. As a citizen of God's kingdom, you're ranking. You're walking. Your mind's protected. And at any given moment, they know that you can take the sword and use it. Any given moment upon proximity, they said, the devil, your way, you've got a dagger for proximity. 
keeps on sending financial trouble. Remember, there's a bag on that belt. Uh, I want to give a Greco right now. I just don't know how to do it. Really well. You don't know what that means. You got to look it up. Some people shout hallelujah. I just want to go. <laughs> just who I am. I don't know. Can't speak a lick of Spanish, but I can do a Greco. Is this even called that? Grito? Frito? It don't matter. It's Father's Day. It's Father's Day. I told my wife this morning, what are we doing for my birthday? Oh, Mexicano got the days wrong, but the celebration right. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to church? If you're watching online, it's better here. If you're in the overflow, get to church early. Or come to another service. Don't leave. The anointing makes you feel good. Amen. Haven't had a, a taste of alcohol in over 30 years, but I still get drunk. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Haven't smoked marijuana over 30-something years, but I still get high. Haven't been to a nightclub in over 30 years or so, but you know what? I still have a dance inside of me. I still have something there that just makes me want to shout for joy and be happy. Why is that, Pastor Bobby? I know who I am. I know my authority. I've got good things coming out of my life. I've got good things happening around me. I hear good reports every day. I can walk into certain atmospheres, and I can feel demons tremble. I'm not trying to say I'm something. I'm trying to tell you the Holy Ghost inside of you is greater than any force in the world. You don't have to put up with all that stuff. Know who you're ranking. Know your position. Know your authority. You are a soldier in the army of the Most High God, and when you walk into an atmosphere, fear God walks in with you come on turn to somebody and tell them do you have your belt do you have your belt on you need your belt the belt of truth through this belt you find your identity like Peter and Paul through that belt you'll find your ranking unlike the sons of Sceva through that belt you'll find favor listen let me tell you something about that money bag. Judas held the money bag. But you want to know why he failed? Because he failed to recognize who Jesus was. So prosperity in your life without knowing Jesus, it'll lead you down the wrong road and you end up hanging yourself for lack of better expression. But when you understand you're part of an economy and you're part of a different system than you are in this world and you start living according to that system, that's why I, I, that's why I tithe. That's why I give. Because it's not about the money. you got to get over the money. People that have money issues have issues with giving. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. It's about that God doesn't want your money. God wants your heart. He wants that area of your heart where your treasure is. Your heart will be also. Therefore, if I want God God to take control of that area of my life I have to submit it to him he has to be Lord of it give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that are God so for me it's an act of worship it's not anything to me but I have seen God surpass and give an authority and grant me access by permission so we don't believe in a prosperity gospel do more than we do a provisionary one 
It's a provisionary gospel. You tap into the economy. You're part of a citizenship, a city. It's who you are. It's who you are. Come on, Haley. I'm closing with this right here. This is so rich. And God gives you power when you have the, belt, the sword of the spirit, the power, the ability to release words, anointed words. Life. Second Timothy chapter two. Here's what we're going to close with. Second Timothy chapter two, verse three. Paul writes to Timothy and he says this. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. You've been enlisted. Some of you were probably drafted because mama prayed for you. Isn't that funny? Mama doesn't want you to go to war in this world, but she knows that you've got to be a soldier in the next one. Whether you like it or not, you're enlisted. Now make up your mind. Wear your identity. Be known as a soldier. Listen, let me explain that concept. You walk around with honor and dignity and favor as a soldier to the people, and you love the people. But when you walk around with your identity in the spirit and hell, you have to treat the devil like a sworn-in enemy. And have absolutely, this is going to sound gangster, but absolutely have no mercy. I'm going to tell you my concept of dealing with devils, I don't negotiate. I go for the, I, I go for the juggler. I'm just telling you, no negotiating here. You don't tell me what to do. You don't try to persuade me to do different. I call the shots here according to God's word. You have to go. You have that authority. Don't be entertaining devils. Don't be allowing them to push you around, telling you what to do. Don't allow them to mess with your kids. Don't allow them to mess with your marriage. Don't allow them to mess with your job and your career and your future and all of these things. Let me tell you something. You have been given rank in the army of the living God, and you have a name that's above every name. And when you walk in that authority and begin to exercise it, you'll begin to see freedom. You'll begin to see love. You'll begin to see peace in your home. You'll begin to see your relationship, every relationship in your life, begin to mend, begin to grow, begin to be healthy, and everything healthy grows. Stand to your feet this Sunday morning on this Father's Day. We have a good, good father, don't we? Here's what I want you to know today. I'm going to say it again. Truth is a person, not a thing. That belt you put on is a symbolism. It's a metaphor. It's an analogy of what really happens in the spirit when you put on Christ. Let's just lift up our hands today. Listen, if you're here today, and I'm going to tell you the first step you need to take if you've not enlisted. <laughs> let, let God, let God take your, let, let, be drafted today. You know what? Just, just fully surrender. 
Let the Spirit of God take over you today and simply give your life to Jesus. If you've never surrendered to Jesus, if you've never given your life to Him, do that right now. Just simply begin to pray a prayer of repentance. Repent of your sins. Turn away from the old lifestyle. Tell Him, I'm sorry. Tell Him, forgive you. And ask Him to be the Lord of your life and to come into your life and begin to work. We want you to do it with your own effort and your own heart and your own mouth. It's very easy to do. You just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. Come in right now into my mind and my soul and my spirit. Surrender to God right now. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Now for the rest of us, if you will, just surrender to your rank right now and submit to your general. Come on right now, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Will you submit to your authority right now and tell them, Lord, I am here. I am in I, I, I am in, in line right now with you and I'm just asking you to release the word and just Father in the name of Jesus let me feel the authority of heaven for myself for my family let me begin to walk in a way God in a place in my life where I can feel God your hand I can feel God your wisdom I can feel your direction and your favor in my life I pray God take my prayer to another level God in the spirit let me God become the abiding place put your spirit inside of me Lord and let me grow father in the supernatural let me grow let me grow if you will right now if you have a prayer language if you've been baptized in the spirit can you begin to pray in the spirit right now would that be okay can you just pray in the spirit and press in and if you desire to be baptized in the spirit just begin to speak to God and worship him tell him hallelujah tell him I love you tell him thank you do it from your heart and God will baptize you right now the baptizer is here come on soldiers of God go into warfare for somebody else pray off depression from this building pray off the spirit of suicide pray off the spirit of divorce pray off every spirit of fear in the name of Jesus right now I come against the spirit of depression I come against anxiety I come against fear I come against manipulation I come against it right now every confusing spirit every religious spirit every carnal spirit right now in the name of Jesus go in the name of the Lord go be free be free be free be free from lust be free from addiction be free be free right now be free from lustful spirits right now manipulative spirits spirits that are causing confusion on your identity right now in the name of Jesus right now right now right now come on lift your voice lift your voice one more time let's sing let's sing and worship come on come on Come on, just surrender right now. Just surrender right now. Let's worship Him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit Riverside Church tx.com